We'd like to welcome you to our, our mega study on the Alien Disclosure uh, Deception Agenda for March 6, 2016. I believe this is part 7. This may be the last part, uh, if I could get through this. Now, I had talked about James, my listener, uh, and he, uh, he had given me the report on the lady with the slits in her eyes when he went to this house, I guess, to do some work. And uh, I got, I received, I believe I received that on November 2nd. Then I got another email from him, not even two weeks later, November 15th. And again, sometimes this is how the Lord works. I mean, when, when, it, when you start praying about something, when God thinks you need to be exposed to something, when it rains, it pours. So I get another email from him. And remember, I've known him for a long time. He's been a long-time listener, and I've never received testimonies like this from him before, ever. Okay? So, and it's not like he's trying to write a book or make money or do anything like that. He has no hidden agenda either. So he says, um, I had another shape-shifting experience Friday night. Now this is a... <laughs> oh, man. This is one of those, you know, you get around the campfire and, and, and um, maybe get some hot cocoa and, and tell this story. He says, I really don't know where to begin on this one. The experience was wild. I went camping in a state park in Virginia Friday night. Now remember, he lives in like northern Virginia. Okay. And it was only me. My wife didn't want to go out and camp when it was too cold. So I got there to the camp fr campsite Friday afternoon for check-in there was really no one there so i went to the visitor and i remember this is like you know in november here in northern virginia so we're starting to get cold okay and so yeah there's not gonna be a lot of people in the campsite so i got there the campsite friday afternoon checked in there was no one there so i went to the visitor center i signed in and she told me where the campsites were and i could go wherever i wanted like I said, there was really no one there but only a few people. I found a great site all by myself. I was secluded in the woods. No one was near me. I set up my campsite with my two-person tent for myself and whatnot. I set up a fire, and I had dinner at 6.01 p.m. I stayed up until 7 p.m. to enjoy the fire, but it got so cold and windy, I went into my tent and got in my sleeping bag and read my KJV Bible. Then, around 8, 8 p.m., I stopped reading and turned off my light, and I was going to go to sleep. Then I started to hear some strange, eerie whistling. I have heard people whistle, but this was before, but not like this. It wasn't someone whistling a song or anything. Um, they weren't whistling like Dixie, okay? It was, it was something different. He goes on to say, it was just a strange, eerie whistle that I heard over and over again. At first I dismissed it, however, it didn't stop. It was getting closer and closer and getting louder and louder. It was walking from the deep part of the woods toward my tent. It was like something knew I was there and it wanted me to know it was coming toward me. So I opened the front of my tent to look out with a flashlight. My tent opening was facing the deep part of the woods. I took my flashlight and slowly scanned from right to left and then back to left or right. I saw nothing. The whistling was getting louder and louder. During this time, when this was going on with the whistling, I also heard heavy footsteps of something walking on two legs in the woods. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was very huge. And it's, and 
uh, at least that's what I thought. So I just closed my tent and figured whatever it w was would stop and move on. So I kept hearing it getting louder and louder with the walking and the whistling. At this time, it was right up on me. Then I opened the tent again and I started to look with my flashlight. What is interesting is the wind was blowing strong that night and the leaves were blowing too. However, what I because remember this would be like right at the like the end of fall that that time frame. I mean, maybe not at the end. I guess because theoretically you know what winter starts December 21st but again when the leaves were already off the tree it was it was probably long after that point so anyway um uh okay I'm, I'm trying to pick up where I left off here um I opened my tent again to start looking with my flashlight what is interesting is the wind was blowing strong and that night and the leaves were blowing too however what I heard wanted me to hear it and know it was coming to check me out. When I opened the tent to look out and scan with my flashlight, I had this feeling I was being watched. This thing was right up on me. Remember, he was in a deep part of, by himself, in, in way, way back in a deep part of the campground. Okay, right, like, you know, back into the woods. He said, I could hear walking in front of me and still whistling like it was checking the sight. Just a note, I always do spiritual warfare in the morning and at night, no matter where I'm at. When I got to the campsite, one of the things I prayed was for a wall of fire to surround the campsite. And I asked the Lord to send warrior angels with swords to surround me. And then he goes back. He says, it was like the creature wanted to get closer, but the angels wouldn't let him in. So I continued to scan with my flashlight from left to right and back to the left again. There was a big tree off to the right of me at a 45 degree angle. Um... I, and I don't know if that means that it was falling down. It probably means it was falling down at a 45 degree angle. I shine the light at this tree. Then I move the light away. And as I was moving the light away from the tree, I saw a big glowing eye come out from behind the tree to look at me. So in other words, if the tree was down at a 45 degree angle, this thing was like behind it and it just kind of came up with one eye. Okay. On the 45 degree angle. I, I think is what he's trying to convey here. This creature did not expose his full face, though. It just moved its head out enough so the one eye could look at me. At this whole time of this incident, it didn't stop whistling. I saw a Bigfoot. Bigfoot is known to grunt, growl, howl, and to whistle. Now, I had already known about this, but I went and I just did a quick keyword search on YouTube, and you just came Bigfoot whistle, and there are video after video after video after video. I give you a link here. If you want to see some of them, it's one of the attributes of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Skunk Ape, whatever you want to call them, okay, uh, that they whistle a lot of times. I guess they're just happy-go-lucky, you know, kind of whistling around, skipping around the woods and stuff like that. No, sorry, just kidding. Anyway, um, then he says, I have theories that these things are either, either fallen angels, Nephilim, and sometimes demons manifesting. I can't be dogmatic. So then I close my tent. And I got back into my sleeping bag because it was cold. I started to pray. I was doing intense spiritual warfare and asked the Heavenly Father to send more of his warrior angels. Then I heard this thing start walking away. I could hear its heavy footsteps and its whistling until it faded out and I could not hear it anymore. Where he came from is from the deep woods. It's rough terrain. There are gullies and whatnot. I think, I think of that email you sent me where the guy said that if you start seeing these things, it is because God knows you can handle it. Yeah, that's another thing. You start seeing these things, God knows you can handle it, typically. Okay, so, 
then I give you my, my teaching here on, uh, it's entitled My Testimony and Supernatural Experiences. This is a part one and two. And I'll just give you the brief table of contents. In this teaching, we will be discussing my testimony and many of the supernatural experiences I have had since being saved and the power of the name of Jesus Christ and his word over the forces of evil. We will be discussing how to deal with witchcraft and areas slash objects that are that are defiled and cursed through the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, they're not they're not defiled and cursed through the Lord Jesus Christ, but you you deal with them through the Lord Jesus Christ. This should be an uplifting study to the hearer. Okay, and then we go back to his testimony in this. He says, the next interesting part of the story was telling my wife of all of this. She sat in the chair and was stunned. She said, I know you do not lie, but she said, I would like to dismiss what you've just told me. She said, the reality is scary for her. In her credit, the Lord has revealed a lot of things to her. She has seen a lot that would make most people want to hide in the closet or get under a bed. She asked me if I was ever going to camp again, and I do think that I will have more of this happened to me i said yes i will camp again and i told her that if it's the lord's will for me to see this stuff um it was not that long ago and i i said i offered to go next time i said you want to go there i said call me up man i said if you feel led let's go anyway um and that would be really tough for me to even do that at this point i mean i have to like put a lot aside but man anyway he goes on to say it was not that long ago when I saw the woman with the slits in her eyes. So now we're back to that. I mean, this was like, I think like two weeks earlier. Okay. My wife believes the Bigfoot that the people see are either fallen angels, demons, or Nephilim. Uh, the Nephilim part, she says, is too intense for her to wrap her mind around. And, and for what I would have to add in there, yeah, I would have to think that it's some type of Nephilim type of hybrid, maybe fallen angelic slash some type of gorilla type creature i don't know hard to be super dogmatic but it, i do believe it's some type of thing. these things have the ability to literally vanish into thin air they have all kind of precognition one of the reasons that people don't ever aren't able ever able to kill these things is because supposedly from what i have read they have this ability at least with unsafe people to basically read your mind so if they know people are coming into an area unless the person is being made invisible by the Lord Jesus Christ, essentially, they're going to know you're coming, okay? And they're going to either be out of the area or hiding or scare you off or do something. You're not going to be able to, to get a good beat on one of these things. This is why they're, they're seemingly never captured. And if they are, I'm sure it's all covered up in the news because they don't want this getting out. There's, there's, been, the, there's been Bigfoot that have been killed, okay? They're, they've been shot. They've been killed. They've been wounded. They've been... And a lot of times they will run in packs and they will, they will do whatever they've got to do to get one of their injured, even if they're dead, out of that area. I just read a story the other day about the Ozarks where a guy had a yard where there were all these deer. Uh, it was like a major deer crossing. And the Bigfoot were there almost literally every night because they knew this and they were there for the food more than anything. And this guy was literally battling these things every night just because of where his property was. And, and um, I mean, what a nightmare. But again, most, almost every single time you're seeing these stories, it's coming from some person from an unsafe perspective. They're trying to deal with it in, in, a, in a totally man-centered way with guns or whatever. And, and, I mean, 
I'm not saying you don't defend yourself. I'm just saying you're dealing with an evil entity here in, in a physical body, okay? You know, you're dealing with an evil spirit that's inhabiting an evil body. And I believe that the way that a Christian, God would want a Christian to primarily handle this so that God would get the ultimate glory, the maximum glory, is you deal with them in a spiritual way, okay? But that takes a lot of faith to deal with something like a Bigfoot or a vampire or a werewolf or a black-eyed being or a reptilian purely without physical weaponry. Okay, now we get back to we battle not against flesh and blood. These things, what we're really battling against are the evil spirits inside them. Yes, they're walking around in some type of physical container that is evil and a lot of times very powerful like a Bigfoot's body. Okay, they're always without a doubt it seems like every time you read any account of these things they're always supernaturally strong okay and yes i have heard accounts of them being able to be killed true okay but i think that varies as well depends on what you're doing i mean gray aliens and stuff as well you put all that in there it's hard for me to be totally dogmatic on all of that but i do believe that i'm trying to look at it from god's perspective what way would God get the glory? You blowing some one of these things heads off with a 12 gauge? So look what I got here, stringing them up, you know, on the back of your four by four and taking a nice picture for everybody. Or would it be you dealing with them purely from a spiritual level, battling with the sword of the spirit with, with I mean, how did Jesus Christ battle Satan? The highest ranking of all of these things in the universe, the highest ranking evil entity, what did he do? He quoted scripture to him. That's all he did. And he defeated him just doing that. Now, I understand you're dealing with Jesus Christ here, okay? Uh, far greater in power than, than we'll ever be. But this is when he was on earth. And so, that was our example. Again, it's not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. You know, so... These are the things that I'm talking about here. And, and I'll just quote some more verses that are that are just kind of along these lines, what we're talking about here. Isaiah 59, 19. So they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard against him. A really good one to commit to memory. Jeremiah 51, 20. Thou, and the Lord is talking to a, a, a person here. Um, Thou art my battle axe and weapons of war. For thee, for with thee I will break in pieces the nations, and with thee I will destroy kingdoms. Psalm 60, verse 12, and 108, verse 13 say, Through God we shall do valiantly, for he it is that shall tread down our enemies. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. It's our heritage. And their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. What's our heritage? Through God we shall do valiantly, for it is he that shall tread down our enemies. Would that include these supernatural entities that are probably getting ready to explode onto the scene? That, that Hollywood's preparing us for? Where there, people are seeing fallen angels come down from the, the sky that are blacker than the blackest night with, with 
black leathery wings as well yeah that that's our enemy you know isn't it and every tongue that shall rise up against thee in judgment thou shall condemn this is the heritage of the servants of the lord and their righteousness is of me saith the lord and then jeremiah 23 29 is not my word like as a fire saith the lord and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces and we said this before for we, uh, ephesians 6 12 after it says put on the whole armor of god for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places and then you put on the full armor of god and it says above all taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god and again i'm not reading all of it there i'm just kind of hitting some of the um the high points here second corinthians 10 5 well actually second corinthians 10 3 for though we walk in the flesh we do not war after the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through god to the pulling down of strongholds see they're not carnal so that's how i can't really see dealing with these things with physical weapons because our battle is not a carnal battle okay um now again i'm not telling you what to do i'm telling you from a scriptural standpoint what i'm seeing here what maybe you see something different but it keeps saying that our weapons are not carnal we battle not against flesh and blood these types of things and i think the more evil entity that you're dealing with you're dealing more and more with this evil entity that's inhabiting some type of body and our weapons are going to be more effective our spiritual weapons are going to be more effective the more evil the entity that you're dealing with that's my that's that's my opinion um for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I mean, 1 John 3, 8. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil that's why it said jesus christ came to the planet i mean yes to save us but also to destroy the works of the devil jesus christ said in, in luke 10 19 behold i give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you these are evil spirits but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven so I'm going to go ahead, I'm just going to post, and I only read about half of the verses. I'm going to post them here, uh, right at the end of this part here. And that way, if, if you want these verses, they're right here. I've got them all nice and highlighted and color-coded and the whole nine yards. Uh, because that these are good verses just to print out and have you know with you and, and again I, I only went over about half of them okay so let's go back to his report here uh let me see um so we talked about his wife um i said yes i will camp again i told her that if it's the lord's will for me to see this stuff it was not that long ago when i saw the woman with the slits in her eyes um he says i tell you brother scott this is the way it happened no one was there knew 
I was going there to camp, only my wife. And no one obviously knew where he was going to set up his campsite. He didn't even know that until he got there. This thing knew I was there and walked right up boldly and then walked away. It was just this in-your-face type thing. I wanted It wanted me to know that it was there and it was wild. Um, then he goes on to say, I really think it's good that you did those deep studies on UFOs, fallen angels, and so forth. I went through all your studies on UFOs, aliens, and Nephilim two times already. These studies are a good way to prepare people for what is he here and what is coming so people don't fall away. The Lord is definitely preparing his remnant. The body of Christ needs to understand this concept. The Heavenly Father is in total, complete control of Satan, demons, and fallen angels. Yeah, amen. Amen. They cannot do anything without his permission. Like in Job, God used a lying spirit to send Ahab to his death. Um, the, the body of Christ needs to understand that God permits satanic, satanic activity to, number one, be an agent of testing. Uh, you look at Job 1 and 2, Luke 22 through 31 through 32. Also to be an agent of chastisement. Isaiah 5, the parable of the vineyard. And then also to be an agent of judgment. Judges 9, 1 Kings 22. These are, these are scriptural proof. Also to be a humbling agent, 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 10. Also to demonstrate God's sovereignty, Daniel 10, 2 Kings 6. And also to train God's people to use his authority and power, which is what I was just talking about with the scriptures I just cited. 1 Peter 5 through 8, Luke 10, 19. Plus then what I just did now as I posted these verses, and it's entitled A Believer's Authority in Christ and Warring in the Spirit. And, and these are all the... The Bible verse, or no, I, I probably only went through about half, but you'll have those as well. Now, let's go on to the next one. Here's another comment from another listener named Andrew. His experience with an alien gray Nephilim. <laughs> Listen to this one. Oh, man. Hello, my dear brother in Jesus Christ. I've been listening to your audio teachings and receiving your newsletters for a few years now, and I've been wanting to write you about some of my past experiences I was involved in the occult as a young man. I am about to tell you my last experience delving into witchcraft when I was in my early 20s. I am now 47. Anyway, here it is. I was in my early 20s, recently divorced, which made me very depressed because I really love my ex-wife very much. I was getting into hardcore drugs and slipping away from my Christian faith. Um, it, while getting into witchcraft, which I was originally introduced to by a babysitter um, that was a witch when I was only 11 years old. I went to an occult bookstore and I purchased a cassette tape that had pictures of tiny gray aliens with big bright blue eyes and they were dressed in Egyptian clothing. And on the description of the cassette, it stated that the music was made while in meditation with 32 crystals and if you would freeform dance, now that's not to be confused with freeform jazz, sorry, a little humor there. If you would freeform dance to the music, while emptying your mind of all thoughts, which is very, very uh, uh, congruent with the transcendental meditation, empty your mind and let, you know, whatever, Donald Duck in, okay, that type of thing. Okay, so if you would empty your mind and all your thoughts, the Palladian aliens, okay, these are fun, fun, special kind of alien called the Palladian aliens, would visit you and grant your wishes and bring you gifts because they're here to help us. That's what it said on the cassette tape. That's why I'm so cautious about bringing cursed objects into your house, okay? So I followed the directions. 
And about almost every day, I did this free-form dancing while listening to this hypnotic, droning music that sounded very Middle Eastern. It was about one month into doing this free-form dance ritual that they came to pay me a visit. <laughs> oh, boy. I remember looking into my closet for clothes that I would wear for work the next day. I took the Lord's name in vain, and then it happened. Immediately after taking the Lord's name in vain, a black circle opened up in front of me, I'm assuming in front of his closet, and just like the black circles, circles that open up in the, like the Bugs Bunny cartoons, in quick flashes, I saw three different alien gray creatures from their chest up inside this black portal looking at me. Then the portal opened up bigger and I saw three of them, one in front facing me and two flanked behind it. They were perfectly still, almost mannequin-like. I remember looking at their mouths and seeing that they were just little tiny slits. I started to look into the right eye of the gray in front of me and I could see that there was some depth to its gigantic black eyes. At the time, I thought that it reminded me of an up-close picture of a spider's eye or a marble. Then, when her eyes were locked with this one creature, it happened. I felt like my brain was being scrambled, and the creature was reading all of my thoughts, looking for something. A floating screen appeared in the middle of the room between us with images of vast wealth and power, while a very gentle and soothing voice began to speak to me in my mind telepathically, which is typical what you'll get when the greys communicate with you in abduction experiences. They, they speak to you telepathically. They're not, they're not speaking to you physically. It's all telepathic. But anyway, they were speaking to him telepathically, and it said to me, denounce your God and bow down and worship me as God, and I will give you riches, fame, and power to control other people's minds to get what you want. Well, that's what the tape, I mean, hey, let's, let's, uh, let, let's give a little credit, though, where credit's due. It, it did say that on the cassette, right? Freeform dance for so many days, and they're going to come visit you and give you what you want and power. And the, it, it, it had, I, I bet you it had a money-back guarantee. I bet it did. A satanic money-back guarantee. It did everything as, as advertised, you got to admit. <laughs> so, denounce your God. And bow down and worship me as God. And I will give you riches, fame, and power to control other people's minds to get what you want. How many people have made this deal with the devil? In Hollywood, the televangelists that are all in it, so many of them are totally just in it for the money. The politicians. The, who knows, people that sell self-help. I mean, there's all kind of people that have made this deal with the devil. While I was still in somewhat of a stupor from my occult activities, I knew that something was not right here. I said to it, if you are of God and this is my destiny, so be it. But if not, by the blood of Jesus Christ, I command you to go back where you came from. Immediately after I spoke of the blood of Jesus Christ at these devils, they transformed their shape and look drastically and I could see see and feel a powerful but soothing white light all around me going toward them. They were dark. They turned into these dark red, short, fat, with little black horns all over their ugly little see-through jellyfish-like bodies. That's what they turned into. That was them in their true form. Okay? I mean, they were handsome devils. You, you, you can't take that away from them. Anyway, um, they were... 
trying to hide their eyes from the intense white light like pitiful with tiny little pitiful claw-like arms that reminded me of the little little t-rex arms at, at, you, that you see in the movies you know how t-rex always has little tiny spindly arms he's really big and bad he's got big jaws and he'll eat you but he's got these these pitiful little arms well that was how they were trying to hide their 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 eyes from this white light <laughs> this is awesome the portal circle in which they were contained shrank then and disappeared my room was filled with the uh bright soft warm comforting light from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I fell on the floor. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. We've been begging God to forgive me for what I had done, how far I had backslidden. What a great feeling it was that day when it came back, when I came back to God and have never played with Satan's fire known as witchcraft ever again since that day. <laughs> yes. If that don't get you fired up, your wood's wet. <laughs> that is awesome. <sighs> oh, man. Okay, so back to this report. It's almost uh, done here. He says, I believe that I literally came to a crossroads and I thank God, I thank God every day that I made the right choice. Uh, yeah, because had he chosen the other, oh man, I'm not saying God couldn't have saved him, but that would have been a, that was a fork in the road and he, he chose the right direction, man. He, he chose the other, whew, it would have been bad. Um. I praise Jesus Christ forever and ever. Amen. I pray that God richly bless you and yours in Jesus Christ's holy name. Thank you for taking the time to read my testimony of deliverance from witchcraft and the bondage of the devil. Your brother in Jesus Christ, Andrew. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, then I had wrote, commented to a listener that asked about, they moved to the mountains of North Carolina, which I'm, I'm in the foothills, and I, I gave them, I said, this is a website pretty much devoted to paranormal activity in the North Carolina mountains, and there's a lot of it. They've they've already seen all kind of UFOs and all kind of stuff on on uh, off their property, not on their property, but in the distance. Um, it's not a Christian website, but it, a lot of firsthand accounts to glean from. It's called Sky Ships Over Cashers. Cashers is a town in North Carolina in the mountains, a UFO hotspot in Western North Carolina. Anyway, I gave them the link there. Uh, I also forgot to mention one of the best spiritual weapons against these devils is praising the Lord Jesus Christ. They hate that. These devils cannot stand when you praise the Lord in their presence. It's a very powerful weapon. Um, the joy of the Lord is my strength. It, it all kind of goes along with that, but Isaiah 61.3 says, To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and, and not, not mourning like morning and night, but mourning like I'm in mourning over something. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And then I said, P.S., see below for other powerful things you can do to protect your property and the surrounding area. And I give them my teaching on the Black Awakening and taking the offensive, part one and two. I did that back in uh, October 4th, 09. I give them the links to that. And then, and I'm not going to go over all these because this is literally another... 15 pages of information okay but literally the whole back end of this pdf for this week for 3 6 2016 for the mega study on the alien disclosure the, the the last part of it is all spiritual warfare stuff that you can do to actually battle all the stuff that we've been talking about for the last two weeks 
uh, spiritual warfare guidelines, tons of Bible verses. Some of them I've already went over. Prayers that you can say, a believer's authority in Christ. Uh, I'm just kind of hitting the high points. R remitting sins. Um, Jesus said in John 20, verse, I believe 23, whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. The concept of that, okay? I'm not saying that you do it because, like, all of a sudden you're like a Catholic priest. There, there, is, there is a biblical concept, though. Jesus wouldn't have said that if there was anything behind it. So I get into that there. Um, tons of Bible verses. Um, then biblical proactive actions you can take when dealing with evil entities. Okay, getting at least one King James Bible CD playing 24-7 wherever you are. I think Revelations is probably the best. Um, but whatever you feel led to do, also remembering to put on the full armor of God, um, pleading the blood of Jesus Christ. And the Bible says they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto the death. Praying for the Lord's angels don't camp around about you. Uh, it's a whole bunch of things about prayer, uh, about cleaning your house of cursed objects, resources for that fasting, whole bunch of stuff on fasting here, and then specific prayers relating to spiritual warfare. Okay, so there's that as well. Now, these are these are just templates. There's nothing that is, you know, carved in stone that you can't modify these things or whatever if you feel light of the Lord. Um, but... It literally, this PDF goes to 29 pages, and I stopped at the 14th. So this is about 15 more pages of, uh, of this type of material. So that's all I have for today, and this will complete my mega study. I guess it's going to just end up being about seven parts. And uh, But when, I think one of the most important studies I've ever done, just regarding the cutting-edge stuff that, that we have, the, the things that my listeners have reported, and the concepts that we've went over here. So um, I'll go ahead and uh, close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this the the, the days that, that uh, you've given us, Lord, for the time you've given us to come together, for the spiritual insights and truths that, that, that we have been able to look at. I pray, God, that you bless my listeners, Lord, that you bless the body of Christ. And that you use them mightily, Lord, for your glory in the days and times to come. That you equip us uh, individually, Lord God, in whatever manner you see fit. Because I know that will be different for every one of us. Because, you know, it's, it's not like we're all a cookie cutter thing. We all have different callings. And I just pray, God, that you equip and prepare us for the battles that are ahead. I do pray, God, that you forgive us for any and all sins we have committed. As we forgive those who have sinned against us. And that the words of our mouth... And the meditations of our heart be acceptable and pleasing in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.